0: This is the Straight Dope episode 75. I'm going to talk about spotters, binos, and monoculars. Before I do, I want to remind you that one good way to support the podcast is to go to riflecraft.com and get a subscription. You get added metrics, you get comms from me, drills, uh, and remind me a little bit to talk about the latest drill. Some of the feedback has been really awesome. Anyway, you support the podcast, and even if you don't use the website, which you should, uh, you do support this podcast. So instead of letting me shoot a few rounds through your rifle, uh, why don't you sign up and support the podcast that way? Or go over to AccuFire and check out their optics. Or run over to Mile High and tell them that you heard about them on the Straight Dope podcast and get some ammo. Right now, the 130. Federal ammo for 6.5 Creedmoor is probably the best ammo that I have got from them for the 6.5 in terms of precision and standard deviations. A very close second is the 147 Hordy Tap ammo. That is shooting lights out. I think there's a 225-300 PRC ammo that they've got that's doing pretty good. And if you really want to look at stuff at mile high, check out their line of optics and chassis systems. But anyway uh, let's get back here to the real stuff that you want to hear about which is what I think about spotters, binos, and monoculars. Now I'm going to start off first of all by saying there are some options that do provide what I'm going to say is missing and there are some features in some optics that do have some of the stuff that I am going to say I wish I had but they're few and far between or they're extremely expensive or they're hard to find Or there's something that makes it hard for us to get as user-end stuff. And like you, I don't have billions of dollars to just buy everything. And price is a consideration. And function is a consideration. So let's do this. I'm a field shooter. I like field shooting. I like marksmanship. And I like hitting things that are small and far away. I don't like missing. Because I'm in the field, I have an extreme bias towards the things that I like to do. Now let me talk about that first because you might have different outlets and I totally get that with different outlets there are different uses and purposes. In the field, carrying a spotter is not going to happen. So I am probably the most likely person to tell you that you don't need to buy a spotting scope ever. Uh, Carrying it in the field is cumbersome And it's probably not going to do for you what carrying binoculars and and then just using a rifle is going to be able to do in a field setting where it's dynamic, time is a consideration, gear is a consideration. But let's talk about spotters for a sec because I do use them at the assessment and I do use them when I'm not shooting. And if I'm just standing around, I can throw it out of my truck. What is nice is that most spotters have a reticle, And you can zoom in a little bit farther than you can with the rifle scopes. But I like having a reticle that I can measure things with, uh, not necessarily to reticle range, but to get an approximate size because I like thinking about things in terms of my shooter bracket. What I mean by shooter bracket is not the craft number, but it's the maximum reticle bracket that you can use to sandwich or bookend the size of your shooting groups to make sure that they're that bracket is smaller than the thing that you're shooting on since that's linear, so that extends to distance. And so you can use that to decide hit probability and make other decisions. So using a reticle is also nice when you're talking about corrections. When you're feeding someone specific information, you're doing them a disservice by being like, oh, it's just off the right edge, or just come a little bit more here, or a little bit less there. Like maybe like half a target width, I would rather just say move three tenths left or come up four tenths and you figure out those corrections by having a reticle in your face so spotters are pretty good with that I mount them on a tripod and they can give you a lot of cool information you can see a lot of stuff but generally they're useless to me because I'm not going to carry them into the field so if you're at a flat range, awesome. If you can afford to have something that you won't use very much, awesome. But you're probably not going to use it like you will binoculars. Binoculars are dynamic. They're light. They're clear. You can get them in. Di- you can have you know different magnifications. Um, but largely, they lack a reticle, which is a huge problem. You can put a reticle in binoculars. I have heard that it screws with your eyeballs to have the reticle out of your field of view, kind of down. On the side of the circle where you can have the optical distortions and it can give you a headache but that's you know that's a manufacturing issue and I'm not a manufacturer. Binoculars you can scan very quickly find landmarks and then get on your rifle use your rifle and the reticle on the rifle to measure that. Binoculars also often come equipped with a laser rangefinder. I'm a huge fan of laser range-finding binoculars, way more than a monocular. Laser range-finding binoculars kind of serve two purposes. Allows you to scan and find things and allows you to get an accurate range with it. To me, that's the only thing that I want them to do. I do not want to spend or waste money on binoculars that have ballistic calculators in them that sink to my Kestrel, that do any of that garbage. Not because it's not cool, because I do think it's cool. I love technology. But I've seen it fail on shooters as ROs at matches over and over and over again. It might not have happened to you, but every match I go to, there's someone there where the Bluetooth was lost, the connection was lost. Something failed to populate through that circuitry, and those points were lost. I think of shooting as always needing to go well, and obviously it doesn't, and those are the corrections that we make to learn and grow as shooters, But when you're going and those links fail, it's unacceptable. And at this point, most of that technology fails. And you see it every single match. Every single match. I'm not saying like sometimes if you're an RO on a hunter stage, you will be able to tell someone of a shooter where it failed at every single match. And I've been to a lot as ROs where there were dozens of people where that failed. So... When you start thinking about the probability of failure, watching a lot of shooters come through a stage and seeing that happen kind of reinforces at least my position currently, which is I have range finding binoculars that do all that stuff, but I don't use it. I just use the rangefinder, and I wish that they had reticles. That's the only wish that I had. I wish you could take out the AB garbage and put in a reticle and have a range finder and you'd be totally psyched. I wouldn't stare at the reticle and get a headache, but every once in a while you want a range. You, I mean, you want a mill. You want to have a way to have a, you know, you want to figure out what's the target width and height. You want to be able to watch somebody shoot and you see where the bullet goes, but tell them with an accurate measurement system this is how far you missed from. Fuck, it would be totally sick if you had a reticle on the left that was mills and a reticle reticle on the right that was MOA so that you could give everyone corrections and you could make educated decisions based on feedback in different scales i think that would be cool i'm not one of those guys that's like i'm i'm in the MOA camp or i'm in the mill camp shit you should be bilingual in both and but what i do think is important is that a reticle is valuable obviously a rangefinder is extremely valuable. It's one of those things that it'd be pretty easy to take for granted that we have laser rangefinders, and, and obviously batteries fail, but you can swap batteries out. You can do a lot of that stuff. Um, I'll carry two sets of binoculars now with batteries, just so that I can make sure that if that technology fails, um, you know I'm more likely to get it back up and running quickly. But but that's vital. So a range-finding binocular with good glass and a reticle would be the best thing ever, but they don't exist for who knows why. And then they put in all this stuff that doesn't work, like compasses that don't calibrate right or give you accurate azimuths and all sorts of tabs that you have to go through that would take you longer than you would be able to kind of have to engage something. So right now the technology has kind of outran the field usefulness, but binoculars trump everything else. Now there are cheaper versions in the monocular setting but what I don't like about those is, first of all, they're monoculars. Second of all, the magnification is low. Now, there, there is a trick. I haven't, I haven't done it myself, but I'll talk about it because I've, I've, I've talked with people who are doing it, which I think is really funny and, and awesome at the same time. But um, I just don't like the monocular because I like to look with both my eyes when I'm looking for stuff, and I like having a little bit more magnification when I'm looking for stuff. And I would challenge you to go out to a locate range and engage scenario, put out two MOA targets in a field, give them a broad setting, time yourself locating ranging targets, and then do another one with binoculars. And there's no way you could convince me that you're just as fast with binoculars, or with monoculars across that. So because of that speed, and the usefulness of using both of your eyes, binoculars win. The ounces that you save, don't even get me started, right? Like, save yourself the time and energy, and um, I'm not even gonna get into it. Binoculars, they win. Monoculars, if you have two, you can turn them into binoculars. And so, you know, like the Solovet. Uh, magazine kind of trick where you put something between them and tape them together. You can do quick mag changes and so on and so forth. You could do that with with uh, monoculars and create kind of rigged up binocular system with your monoculars. Or you can tape or attach your monocular to your non-range-finding binoculars in a way. Now, I've seen the fancy aluminum, super tactical, like, you're going to get a bigger, fuller beard kind of plates that you can attach everything to. The problem is, just like spotters, you're not going to carry that shit into the field. It's it's too cumbersome, right? Um, you know, it'd be like packing your food for your camping trip and putting it in pizza boxes and carrying it around and stuff. Like, the weight, and more than the weight, just simply the volume, the size of it, becomes less realistic, right, for those massive super tables. And granted, if you're at a range or you're just, you know, walking a few feet from your car or it's stashed in your baby stroller, uh, because that's how you carry things around, like that that that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about being a field shooter. You know, there's there's only so much I'm not gonna take one of those giant weather stations attached to my tripod and go walk around a few miles in the mountains. I probably could. But, um, but I'm not going to do that. And so attaching those to your binos, to your plate, to all this stuff and having all this stuff, then we get to the issue of points of failure, right? How many points of failure are there in your system? Well, you know, at least one for everything that you're using. So if you use a brake... The brake could fail. If you have a suppressor, is the suppressor attached to a, is it attached to your barrel or is it attached to a brake that has an adapter system? Because now there's a couple. Do you have a tuner on there? Now you're even more likely to have a failure. Do you have um, all the thing? you know, all of the things that are stacked onto your system are points of failure. And when you go out in the field, fewer points of failure make it less likely that you're going to have failure. So if you have all the shit strapped on there, if you could consolidate it into one item, like range-finding binoculars, there you go. Win-win. You can find things fast, you can range them fast, and you can get to the business of shooting. So, at the hunter matches, I like to spot with a reticle. I will prioritize the reticle over the magnification, over anything else. I, When I'm spotting for a shooter, I want to see a reticle to make a measurement. So what I do is... I use my binoculars, I use my range binoculars. Once we've found the targets, I spot through my rifle scope. And it's legal, it's allowed, it's permitted, as long as you're not shooting exactly from that position that you're spotting from. So you put on your tripod, you spot from it, and then you shoot from your bipods, or you shoot from a rock, or you spot from the ground and then shoot from your tripod. you got to change positions from the one that you're spotting in, but now you've got a spotter that's attached to your rifle. So, use your rifle scope to spot. Now, that that might be, you know, you might not, I don't know. I mean, to me, that that doesn't seem all that bizarre other than there are some rules at some ranges and some events where people question whether you should be looking through your rifle if you're not shooting. That, That could be the case, but I don't know the context. On the other hand, if somebody's shooting and I lay down next to them and look through my rifle... I have a spotter, and I'm not just standing there up on my binoculars. I don't, I don't know how that fits into the rules of the game that you're playing, but in the field, if I went out with my buddy and we're both going to hunt, there's nothing wrong with me looking through my rifle versus having to hold up binoculars or having to hold up a spotting scope because I already have a spotting scope basically attached to my rifle. Why don't I use that? I do, and I don't carry the spotter. So those are the things that I think about. Now, when you range things, if you're just holding it up by hand, you're probably better because you're going to shoot off of something more stable than offhand, most likely. Put your range finders, whatever they are, on that stable thing and you're going to get a better range. Ranging small targets offhand with a monocular is more likely going to range the things that are around it than the target itself, which could lead to a wrong range. And because most of the calibers that we're shooting at the distances that we're shooting in competition or in the field, maybe you know this might be a little bit beyond a lot of people's ethical hunter, hunting range, but we're pretty close to a tenth of elevation for 10 yards. So if you miss something in terms of ranging, you range the thing behind it that's 30 yards back, you're probably going to be shooting three-tenths higher than the thing that you're shooting at, at least your point of aim. Do you have three-tenths budget to be off by 30 yards? Um, The answer is not get a flatter shooting caliber, weirdos. It's get the accurate range. And so putting that on something stable and then pinging it without any wobble, and then because you're double-checking, range the things, the stuff to the left and right and behind it to make sure that that number is closer than those things. Now you have an accurate range. But the workaround here is get binoculars and then if you need a reticle, use your rifle scope. And uh, the last Guardian match, I carried around the, the AccuFire Atro 20, uh, two and a half to 20 scope, and I just threw that in my pack and use that as a spotter because I wasn't sure if we would be allowed to look through our rifles while other people were shooting. And so I just brought another rifle scope and I threw it up on my um, my game changer on my tripod. And instead of looking through binoculars, I looked through the rifle scope and actually gave me the same sight picture, gave me the same, I could measure things with the reticle, I could see what magnification worked best to try to find target A, B, and C and transition between them. Because sometimes if you're on 20 power, Your field of view is so small that that when you do transition, if you don't have an accurate landmark, you're faster if you're on like 12 power. And some shooters like low power, and some shooters like high power, but a lot of the difference between whether you shoot on high or low power has to do with how skillful are you at target acquisition. So if your target acquisition sucks, you're going to be way better shooting at 10 power. And if your target acquisition is awesome, you might be better off shooting at 17 power right i mean that's kind of on you but the idea is how good can you do it shoot bring another rifle scope if you can't look through your rifle and it's small doesn't take much space up and it might serve more than you would get from uh, a spotter or a monocular so my answer personally is range finding binoculars Ideally, it would be range-finding binoculars with a reticle and no other software. That would be shit hot. I know there are some scopes that have reticles, and I even think there's one that's a range-finder with a reticle, but none of us can afford it. So let's uh, hear what you think by getting back to me about solutions. I understand this is totally biased. It's just my opinion. It's just what I do. There might be stuff out there and maybe what's preventing companies from just putting in a freaking little reticle in the binoculars, having a rangefinder, and then taking out all the software uh, until the software works correctly? Uh, it could be much much more affordable and much much more user friendly. So why why are we paying three four thousand dollars for binoculars uh, that has tech that doesn't really work or isn't as reliable? and yet the stuff that we really need probably didn't cost that much. I, I don't know. I think it's a really curious conversation and um, one that I would I would love to talk directly one-on-one with you guys rather than people just posting all the political garbage that you see. Now, the ones that I use, I have SIG 3Ks. I have SIG 10Ks. I have Vortex... Um, Whatever the good Vortex ones are, I can't think of right now at the top of my head. And I've been using the Zeiss Victory uh, something or others that I borrowed from one of the reps. And I got to mail it back to them. They all have their pros and cons, but they all work good, right? If I was going to go in the field, um, they, all, they all work good. The um, I've had the most success consistently for the most time with the Vortex, but I've broken a few pairs. But they have a lifetime warranty, so I'm not super worried about that. They're super beat up, and they probably work the best. And uh, they're not the ones with the ballistic calculators. Uh, They're they're just the ones with the heavy-duty laser. Now, the Zeiss Victory happen to have a really good uh, co-witness, like the laser's right in the center of the circle, but they have great glass, and the laser's really good. But there's no center crosshair, so you get this circle. It's a pretty big circle, and if you haven't done the check with the vertical and the horizontal to make sure you know exactly where that beam is with the beam divergence, uh, if, it, if it wasn't dead center on this one, it would be very hard to accurately reproduce Um Whereas the SIG and the Vortex crosshairs and circles have enough on them where it's easier to know where it is and line it up just right to be fast. And so, you know, I think there's there's pros and cons to all of them. But I think they need a center aim dot. And I think that if you could um, adjust where the reticle was Relative to the beam, once you figured out where the beam was and fix it, I do know that the SIGs you can do that, the new ones. I just haven't messed with it yet uh, because I haven't done the test on my 10 case to put it because I just know kind of know where it is, uh, and I don't like um, all the uh, all the other features because they don't work. So, um, if you could adjust it so that it was centered, or if it was a circle like the Zeiss. You don't want it center. Even though it's center on the ones that I have, I would want to put it at 12 o'clock or 6 o'clock on the line of the circle so that then I could put it on the thing that I want and actually have a a tangible, visible thing that I was putting on. Um, So if I could move the Zeiss ones, I would move it to the 12 or 6 o'clock position on the circle. If I could move SIGs, I would move them to center, which... Apparently you can now, and then if I could do that with the Vortex, it would be the same deal. I'd move it to center, or I would move it to 12 or 6 o'clock and um, on the line, and I would be totally stoked. Hopefully those are the kinds of things that are coming, and those are the kinds of things that make the shooter, the user end, more successful at using it effectively in a short period of time, because you know, at least my understanding... Of how I want to see shooting is that it's a problem-solving scenario and time is the enemy. So the faster you can solve a problem and the least amount of things you need to do, the better. So um, you know, f fr- from my end, and and just like a simple field user scenario is we don't need a lot of stuff, but we need that stuff to work right and be very fast. And I'll have to toggle through menus and switch this and, and do all sorts of of, of of other things and then question whether it's synced or or turn it on, turn it off, make sure it's synced, and then go through that stuff because time won't allow us every time always to do that. If a big buck walks out, I don't want to turn off my binoculars, turn off my kestrel, resync it, make sure it's right, you know double-triple-check ranging things and making sure that the numbers line up to maybe hard data that I already have on my wrist, shit, if that's the case, I already have hard data on my wrist, why would I use the technology in the first place? right? And and so it's this time-benefit ratio that starts to create kind of these weird, vicious circle loops of, I have a 3 by 5 note card that costs me nothing to write out and it works better okay, so if the tech's gonna be better, it needs to work better than my three by five card. And until then, it's not as good as maybe sometimes we think it is, and those are training scars that make us too dependent, which is cool as a training tool, but in reality, we don't really want it, right? So we wanna take off the training wheels, and then when push comes to shove, we wanna be as analog as possible. And if that's the case, then these are all just training wheels for an analog scenario and um a lot of good shooters in a lot of different areas of shooting life have come back kind of listening and talking to me about this kind of stuff and a lot of them have ended up coming back and rewriting how their TTPs are and how their uh the processes have changed after you know maybe two decades of war saying yeah you know but this is how we've kind of bypassed all that to be more effective and usually it's bypassing a lot of the technology to be effective bypassing the dogma. And to do that, you kind of have to cut right through it and say, you know what? It doesn't really work. But this does work, and let me show you, right? So that's the Spotter Bino Monocular Talk. And if you want to have a conversation with me, hit me up on Facebook, hit me up on Instagram, email me chrisrway at gmail.com, and don't forget to... Subscribe to Riflecraft.com